I was watching the movie and I was like, you know, um, this is terrible. But then once <laughs> once she became Catwoman and she did that first bank robbery, I was like, wait a minute now. She, she woke up. She kind of started. She was jumping back and forth and she was kicking them in the face. She was giving you and it was like Miss it was like Halle Berry is an action star. Okay, like let's not forget that at the end of the day. Like she is little Miss Kick Ass. She was serving. And I was here and for she all was of it. Doing it. And it was like, where she learned these combat skills from? Because, like, Patience right. Phillips didn't know any of that. She was this <laughs> weak little woman. And now I was like, here she is. We are back for another episode of another relaunch. We're your hosts. I am, oh, because Shang-Chi came out. I will be Sister Dagger this week. Oh, okay. And I will be Brother Saber. <laughs> What's well, going we'll on? Because they know I'm going to put a bob. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, my dear? I'm great. You know, I um, have been having a pretty busy week with work, but like this weekend has been super chill and relaxing. And I'm in a great mood, kicking it. Okay. The I feel like I feel like out in LA right now we're starting to <laughs> come out of the winter, so like it's not as cold. Uh, right? <laughs> congratulations for that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, I've been great. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. How are you? Um, I'm doing better now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, I like also just had a super super busy week with work, and it was one of those things where it started very early. So let me tell you how the story goes. You know, I go to the gym in the mornings a lot of time, and I'm in the gym. You know, I have a really good workout. It was like a chest and arm day. I'm like feeling good. I'm like, let me go and get some breakfast before I gotta start work. Side note to understand this: my gym is located in my job, and. I go upstairs. Normally, I take the steps, but it was like, I'm being lazy today, so I got on the elevator. And once I get off the yeah, elevator... I forgot to let the gym. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, let me get on this elevator, go up through the lobby to like go out and go get my breakfast in this little breakfast spot that I go to. As soon as the elevator doors open up, the security guard who sits at the front desk, all I hear is, hold on, hold on, Keenan just walked in. Keenan just walked in. I was just like, oh... A celebrity. I was like, oh no, that's never a good thing. Like when you walk in a room and like people are like excited to see you that you work with, something's happened. And mind you, this is at 7.30 in the morning. I have to work at eight. So this is at 7.30 in the morning. I had 30 minutes to like go and get my breakfast, enjoy it and like do whatever. So, I, you know, that happens and immediately I'm just like, oh no. And let's just say that day led to like people being escorted out, people being terminated. It was like a lot of chaos. And oh, this was like, what a day. <laughs> like, again, like this started at 7.30 in the morning. So it's just like, imagine that at 7.30 in the morning, like going for the, basically the rest of the week. It set the tone for the rest of the week. <laughs> and it was just kind of like, oh my. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, wow. But it's like, now here I am. 
and I'm ready to talk about some comic books because that's enjoyable in life. (laughs) 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 And so let's go ahead and get started on this week. And first up on our list is Shang-Chi, number eight. And um, this is from Jing Lu and Yang and Dyke Ruin. This is actually Dyke Ruin's last issue on the book altogether. He's now gone, and Marcus Toe will be coming on and joining the title, which is going to be, like, very exciting. Okay. Um, this was, like, the big finale of this first arc. And I don't know. I think everybody's still fighting everybody. Him. He's still fighting. Well, he's not fighting the Marvel people anymore. Now it's all of his enemies have kind of come together, and they're trying to jump in. I don't know if you remember. I told you his little mutant sister that he found. She was betraying him. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, it was a triple cross. She was actually working with Sister Dagger to, like, let everybody know, like, to have everybody think she was working with the villains. And she turned on them, too, to, like, help Shang in the end. It was, like, great. Okay. It was, like, you know, a nice little thing. I was, like, I love that for her. And she was saying, you know, Sister Dagger's mad at him because he let their brother get taken away. But she, this mutant sister, Jailin, that's her name. She's, like, oh, I don't care about that. (laughs) (laughs) She's, like, you're still our leader. You're still my brother. Like, that's all that matters. Um, His grandfather also pops up in this issue who's come to take back his mother, who he's recently found. And he does, in fact, take her back to Tai Lo, which... We were introduced in the movie, if you remember, and that's and then that's and now synergy. like <laughs> hey, it works sometimes. You got to take it, but now <laughs> kind of moved on, and we're going to the next part of the story. And I just say like this was really good. Again, I think this book has been a really interesting character study on Shang Chi and like kind of creating that personality and making us get to know him. And it just continues to be enjoyable. The art has been consistently great. The fight scenes look good. The colors are really great. I can't recommend enough. I'd give this a four out of five. I'm excited to keep reading. Like, I was kind of wary. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to stick with it after this first, uh, first arc. But I was like, no, I loved it. Okay. And so that's, I think, you know, go get it, guys. And then Check next up, we have, oh, Fantastic Four Reckoning War Alpha number one now. You know I didn't read this. So go ahead. Tell me all about it. Who, 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 is this still Dan Slott? Yeah. <laughs> so like I shouldn't have read it myself. Um and this was it was written by Dan Slott and mm-hmm. art by uh Carlos Pacheco and um all around this was mediocre. I'm sorry. Like um <clears throat> I went into this hoping to kind of maybe reignite some excitement that I have for the Fantastic Four because I do really like them. Um Invisible Woman is my favorite Marvel character. Um mm-hmm. so um, this had been kind of hyped as like this big event that was going to happen and um, you know Slot was going to be doing this big thing that he'd been like working on with She-Hulk this entire time like there was this like reckoning war that was going to come and um, some 15 years in the making thing and this was <laughs> it did not give I'm sorry <laughs> so like this <laughs> This opens with, um, remember Nick Fury has become like the unseen now, like mm-hmm. he um, works with the Watcher. Um, the He like finds that the Badoon get these weapons from um, these people called the Reckoning. Mm-hmm. And they have these like weapons that are made from um, the first war, which is like this mm-hmm. big war that happened with all the Watchers and stuff before they decided to like become Watchers. They were like... Okay. Before they decided to no longer help people, they used to actually help people. Um, <laughs> and one, <laughs> one race that they helped ended up like using their technology 
and becoming like the reckoning and they were like trying to take over everybody. And um, so the unseen Nick Fury finds out that they reckoning were giving these weapons to the Badoon and the Badoon go and attack earth. Um, and we get all of these like very corny dialogue from everyone from the mm-hmm. Avengers to Spider-Man, the fantastic four um, about how like, and they're basically explaining their, all of their connections to the Badoon and, um, the new warriors do show up because of course, um, if anyone remembers before, when I talked about Korvac, Korvac was actually taken by the Badoon in the future. Um, and that's when he got turned into that robot. Well, at the time when he was fighting the guardians of the galaxy in the future, it was the guardians that had, um, Vance Astro, mm-hmm. which was justice version like the future version of him so the new warriors are there and they make a comment about or justice makes a comment about like oh i'm gonna fight them in the future and mm-hmm. um that's for like so it's like a bunch of those kind of moments where mm-hmm. the connection there um yeah i don't know i didn't really i didn't really feel it <laughs> so like what is what what's the plot of this so what, it, what, what's the goal like, there was something that She-Hulk knew of that she was going to be a part of some, like, reckoning war. Like, there's mm-hmm. this big, like, reckoning war that's going to happen, and She-Hulk was going to be, like, the demise of, like, the universe or something. And mm-hmm. now, now, now that reckoning war, I guess, is happening. But the mm-hmm. reckoning is actually, like, a race of people. Um, and okay. just, I'm assuming that just means they're going to be coming to Earth for some kind of war. I'm not sure. But that is basically it. Okay. Um, so I so I assume you won't be sticking with this. No, I don't need to stick with this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jack of Hearts was in it. Uh, they have a yes. little moment with him and She-Hulk. They like use the powers together. Um, I think they look cute together. Um, but again, like I really won with that. You did. <laughs> you really did. But I don't know. What would you rate this? Um, probably like a 2.5 out of 5. Sue had some cute moments with her powers in it. But again, overall, you know, I started reading this Fantastic Four run when it first launched because they had canceled the Fantastic Four books before, you know, during the whole like Fox rights thing. Um, not only were they like not putting out a lot of Fantastic Four books, eventually they just canceled them. So like while the X books were bad, they just, they just canceled the Fantastic Four books altogether. And when they relaunched them, I got excited for it. But like the entire run is a lot more about like the thing than it is about the Fantastic Four. Um and I personally feel like if you're gonna write the four, you gotta have to like have a pretty good balance of all of them and like what their whole all their interactions and their frustrations with each other or anything. It just needs to be balanced. And you can tell even in this it's mm-hmm. still a lot more Ben Ben than anything else. I mean, this is even like a Fantastic Four book, and you want to write about She-Hulk and something that he did about hey. She-Hulk before. So, well, that's the art not... wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. There was a moment in it where it looks like there was an error because Iron Man is flying, but he's got this aura around him, and he's firing mm-hmm. something. But he says, "Oh, like we." we X-Men, like, have done stuff like this before. <laughs> it's like, uh, I think that means that you should probably should have 
on Sunfire <laughs> instead oh. of Iron Man. So like, yeah, there were some issues in the book itself. Oh, well, that's kind of unfortunate. But, I mean, I don't think I expect anything else from the Fantastic Four. So, moving on. I'm expecting a lot. We're moving on when they get to that relaunch. <laughs> that MCU synergy is going to come up sooner or later, and that number one will be coming soon. Okay. Well, I'll wait it out till there. <laughs> Uh, next up is X Lives of Wolverine number two, and that is continuing this 10 week event of Wolverine that we are on. And let me tell you, I like Love Logan. All right. I don't think I hide that. I'm a Wolverine fanboy, but I think I'm going to sit this one out. And mm. this feels, you know, it's a little bit like Terminator. Wolverine is once again in the past, he has seen <laughs> another dead lover of his who he is the love of his life, who is, this one is Dawkins' mother. Um, and, you know, he's spending this time with her. Jean is, like, watching them have sex. And then Omega Red is, you know, possessing Embodied <laughs> the woman, the, the wife, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so now her and Wolverine are fighting, and Wolverine's like, oh, I can't kill her. Jean told me there would be consequences. Like, you know, Akihiro will probably never be born, blah, 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 blah. Again, I think I'm just going to sit this one out. I just feel like the story is fine. Percy's voice for Wolverine is fine. Great art. Great art. Joshua Kassar is like knocking out of the park. The pages look great. Like Omega Red, when he does possess these people, he looks very lethal and scary. There's a lot of stuff going on with the Russians and Mikhail and all that. And I'm just like, I, I think I can... I don't think... This hey, Gene is- fans, if you're paying attention, you know, she's using her telepathy and for back in time. <laughs> She's not with Cyclops. She's not with Cyclops. She's with her other man. She is also in the dress. But. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to her for getting a new costume. I know a lot of people were really upset about her walking around in that dress for so long. So I'm happy that she's finally out of that. So they have something else to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Glad that everyone is able to move on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, did I mean, read- I thought I thought it was I did read this and I thought it was OK. Again, I don't necessarily feel as though this this doesn't feel big enough to be doing mm-hmm. all of this. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> like, <laughs> you try to go for like, oh, every other week right now. And this doesn't feel like this needs to be doing all of that. It's, it's giving arc. <laughs> it's, it's not giving like 10, like 10 weeks, 10 weeks. <laughs> I'm sorry. And um, I love Logan. I'm not a Wolverine hater. I did find him like, you know, that they shouldn't have focused on him in the movies per se, but that's just the movies. The character uh, himself in the comics. I mean, T. <laughs> they go <laughs> the most popular one. So it is what it is. Um, while I personally would have loved someone else, like, they're going to put their money behind the one to sell. So. I, I'm not a Logan hater, but this doesn't feel ne- that necessary. It's not that it's bad. I'm just not sure if I need to keep up with it. Yeah, I think mm. this is going to be my last one. And I'll just, like, come back to it on Marvel Unlimited. And maybe I'll just do, like, you know, when I do a Logan panel or something like that, I can bring it up what happened. But yeah. we'll come back and do a reread. 
that could be fun. Maybe touch back on it later. And, you know, that's how, like, some runs are. Sometimes you just got to take things all at once. That whole, like, week-to-week or month-to-month basis, it kind of doesn't click. And once you get it all together, this might be that for me. So we shall mm-hmm. see. But I will rate this a three out of five. I think it's fine. I think a lot of the character beats are fine. I don't really think the stuff that we're seeing Logan experience is very different from anything that he hasn't had before. There's always some dead woman who Logan loves or there's someone who he can't have. (laughs) And he's just like, oh, I'm thinking about her. Like, he gets some type of vision of her or sees her in some type of way. It's like, okay, enough. Like, (laughs) just let it go. We get it. Let the man, like, you know, let the man try to kill him. Let the man be happy. It's fine. Give yeah. him like a new girlfriend. Let him in because it's like people trying to say the whole Gene thing. He's not even with Gene full time anymore. Just let it go. Three out of five. I give it a three point five. I give it a three point five out of five. I really enjoyed the art in it, um, and I do think the voices are accurate. But I don't know. I don't know if I need to keep it with this week week to week. We gonna see. And, and when you talk about Wolverine, you can't talk about this one either. So next up, we got Sabretooth number one. Um, I'm going to keep it real. I didn't read this. I personally just, I don't think it's for me. But did you? I did read this. And oh, okay. um, it was written by Victor Lavelle and art by Leonard Kirk. And um, it's not exactly what I expected. You know, okay. um, I... I'm not opposed to a Sabretooth mini, but um, I guess a Sabretooth mini series for me, one that I would want to keep up with, again, would have had to done something a little more than this. And um, I do appreciate the story that Lavelle is telling as far as um, like the prison system um, Mm -hmm. and the parallels that you can draw from this, the literary parallels that you can draw from this into the real world. And, but I don't know. I don't know if I need to, this, this is another one that I'm like, I don't know if I need to keep up with this. <laughs> so, like, Sabretooth, in my opinion, like, it doesn't necessarily feel like they're trying to redeem him, but it does make us trying to look like we're getting into very close enough to it where I'm like, we don't even need to do this. We've kind of already done it before already with Sabretooth, and he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just accept that. And it's either let's see him just doing real bad things or just mm-hmm. shelve him forever. Like, kill him mm-hmm. and make room for the next bad guy. Yeah. Or just let him be bad. I don't need to so, see him. I don't need to him in prison and, like, trying like, to be kind of, like, under, like, tapping into his head. Lamenting over what he's done, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, you say you um, wouldn't expect this from a Sabretooth series. What would you expect? Them leaning more into him being a killer. Okay. And just, if it was like, I don't know, a, um adult series or something like that, obviously because he is fairly gruesome, but like, it would literally just be more, he's a killer. Okay. Um, how was the art? I wasn't really feeling it all the time. So. <laughs> I think because Leonard Kirk did the art for this book, right? Yeah. He's somebody I like. I think I, when I see some of his stuff, it's I don't know. It's it's kind of plain, but it's also kind of nice at the same time. I right. don't know if that, that probably doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to me. That's kind of how I felt about it. 
Like <laughs> it's not it's not that it's bad, but it's like it's all right. Yeah. Um, I mean, like we do we do see some cool stuff. Like we we touch back on when Sabretooth first went into the pit and him looking at everybody on the council and swearing that he'd get his vengeance. Um, and then we're basically like down into the pit and Sabretooth is going through all of these like dream sequences, basically, of him killing everyone and anyone that he's ever thought about. Um, from the X-Men um, to uh, even at one point he meets up with um, Cypher, Doug Ramsey, and he's basically like his lawyer. And he comes to him and is, and is like, you know, we want to help you get out like you escaped before. Um, how did you escape? Um, and he's like, you know, I can't tell you how I did that because if I did, then I can't do it again. And he ends up like killing Doug, mm-hmm. like just killing him right there while they're having a conversation. But Doug keeps talking to him. He's like, how are you talking to me? He and Saber is starting to realize that like this isn't right. Doug says that, you know, you have you don't have any movement of your body, you have movement of your brain, but like if we work with you, we can maybe get you like your brain at least and stuff, like get you a little more like aware. Yeah. Um but if you're not, then like you'll just be like this forever. And he, I think he ultimately did sign like this little contract with them. So, mm-hmm. well, we'll see what's going on next. Then by the end of it, like, and I couldn't tell necessarily if this dream sequences was like continuously going or how long he had been in there because yeah. it seemed as if he like lived all these lives, and mm-hmm. um, like he went went out to space and went to the Star Jammers and like fought people out there, um, and he basically became like king in this like hell zone and then all of a sudden while he's king sitting on this throne um we get um necra madison jeffries oya uh, melter and third eye they all like drop down into the hole and i mean into the pit what the oya and (laughs) right (laughs) that he was like you know i never expected to see anybody else in here and he's still like in his like future like king creed guard so i'm like i don't know how long he's been down there or like how did he even get all that stuff because i thought that these were like dreams i don't know but uh i don't know i was i guess i wasn't that interested in in finding out more right now i mean this is this might be another one where it might feel better like in trade or Mm -hmm. uh, like all on limited okay um what would you rate this issue uh, I'd give it a three okay. out of five. I'd recommend it if if anyone was interested in um who is a fan of Sabretooth, I guess, or if you wanted to uh I don't know, really just kind of get into like, like what Lavelle may have to say about the prison system. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I necessarily want to or need to keep up with this monthly. It didn't really right. get it. I wasn't really excited after reading it like i didn't feel like oh man i can't wait to find out why these five are in the hole i mean in the pit damn it's oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of the same thing but uh <laughs> shout out to necra for making an appearance because that's my girl i mean it's a shame that she had to be in jail they put three black people in jail oya necra and the third eye mm-hmm. he's a black character right if he's one i don't black. think he originally was but he is in this all right, that works. Whatever. 
Right. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Necro. Okay. And our oh, last no, book Necro. of the week. Grim Reaper. Oh, Necro's my girl. Did you? Did, I don't the know Necro. if you remember during the Dark Avengers X Men crossover Utopia era, there's like this one panel of Necro, Frenzy, and Bling beating up Moonstone. <laughs> it is like it is like my favorite thing in the entire world because at the beginning of the event there are all these like mutant rallies and Necra and Frenzy are leading one of the rallies together and Moonstone comes and blasts them. She's like, you know, y'all are disrupting the peace, blah 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 blah. So at the end when there's the big brawl between the Dark Avengers and all the X Men, they like come up and jump her. And it's like one of my favorite panels in the entire world. <laughs> I love that. We'll my- definitely be talking about Moonstone later. Um, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> and then uh, last up on our list is Daredevil Woman Without Fear number two. And this is your girl, so this is all you. Let us know. Yeah, so this book was uh, written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Rafael De La Torre. And um, yeah. this was a an all right issue again for me. Like. Okay. Obviously, I've no, I've realized that this series is basically just gonna be an opening of <laughs> Electra and Matt fucking. Oh. And Electra beating somebody's ass or like fighting for a few pages, and then her talking about her past with the stick and the hand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all this has been. So like this issue opens up again with Matt and. Electra, I, I mean, I will say they're hot. Like, say, they're <laughs> it is hot. what it is. They're hot. They're hot. So like, it, it's fine. Um, and last issue, she was fighting Craven, and mm-hmm. big. Basically, he said like he wanted to. He was the one who had her file. He was just wanting an assassin as like a a hunt for him because it was a a thrill. Mm-hmm. So which to me kind of feels like a kind of flimsy reason to just have a Craven versus Electra moment. <laughs> like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um there could have been something a little better than that. So like for a few pages they just fight. And mm-hmm. um then like they get, get broken up by some police officers come out and find them fighting. Um the cop tries to stop Electra and shoots her, but like she uh she, <laughs> she takes the gun away from the cop and ends up like shooting him in the leg and then runs away. And um, we get a little flashback of the time where she decided to go off with the hand and she decided not to try to bring Matt into the hand. Um, she talks about that a lot. Yeah, they do this. Right. It's been like really brought up a lot in this series where I'm like, OK, <laughs> we've already moved past it. and But whatever. Um, yeah. And then we flash back to her fight with Craven. He tells mm-hmm. her like. He, like, dropped some hint about, like, where he was going to be. She finds him later, and she's like, you know, we can't fight out here. We're both, like, superheroes and or superpowered people will get arrested. And he's like, no, because I was sent after you. And he pulls out his Thunderbolts badge because he was actually, like, yes. a part of Thunderbolts. <laughs> so the, the final issue is issue three. I'm assuming it's just going to be their all-out fight again. Okay, so is she still not doing lethal? She's still not, like, killing people? Yeah, she's still not killing people. Her size are, like, they're, like, baton-esque. Like, they're not sharp. Oh. So. Yeah. <laughs> what would you rate this issue? 
I'd give it a three out of five. Um, I did like the art, and I did like the fighting. The fights were cool. Electric kicking ass is always going to be dope to me. Um, again, it's just we've been here already. <laughs> I feel like that's been the theme of the week. <laughs> oh, you know, comics are cyclical, baby. We'll always see it again and again and again. Yeah, but yeah. okay. Well, that was the new girls to get in, and they'll see that Electra does fight, I guess, and she cannot be lethal, even though again we've already been here before. But whatever. But I feel like now she's moving to a place of like permanent non-lethal force. I don't think so because I think um, in Electra 100, she talks about how she's gonna go back to being lethal, and I think she's gonna be in Savage Avengers after that, and I think they give her her like. As Daredevil, but she has her size back, her no. sharp size. We'll see. I'm not sure if I'm interested in that Savage Avengers either. It's so because 90s. I wanted I wanted her to come back, but just be solo. <laughs> I didn't need her to be on a team. The it's team is so giving 90s. 90s, like cloak, dagger, that like Hulk, Wolverine thing, mm-hmm. the like Venom thing, the who else? Black Knight, like is he on it? I oh, think yeah, that's Black that Knight. Venom that's thing. Venom, yeah. Black Knight, like, mm. what? That's weird. But whatever. Shout out to them. People will buy it. They <laughs> and I hope it's good. And I hope they love it. But those mm. were the books of the week. Let's go ahead and take a little break, and then we'll come back. Let's do it. All right, y'all, welcome back to uh, the panel section of the show. And this week, I wanted to do a spotlight on a character I think I really do like. And that is Spectrum, Monica Rambeau. Mm, um, okay. You know, she's I, cool. I feel like she's she's got these cool energy powers. And, you know, everybody knows I'm a big fan of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's always been around, but I feel like she's never really gotten her due. So I wanted to give her a little bit of a spotlight and kind of talk about her. Um, as everybody has already seen, probably when you watched WandaVision the, and the Captain Marvel movie, um, she's already been introduced in the MCU and is probably going to have a big like push coming up soon um, as they start to gear towards the, the Marvels. I also probably expect her to be in Secret Invasion. Um, mm, but um, she's played by the beautiful Tiana Paris, and who I think has been doing a pretty solid job with her um, within the MCU um, for what she's been given anyway. Um, now, before we actually even get into Monica, let me talk about the name Captain Marvel. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the name Captain Marvel actually started over at Fawcett Comics and... Um, Back in like the 30s, they had this character named Captain Marvel, and he was like hot on the streets, always selling, doing crazy numbers, actually outselling Superman at the time. Now, DC didn't like that, so they <laughs> they sued Fawcett Comics and said that their character was too much close to Superman, they need to put it into it. So um, DC actually won that case, 
And uh, so Fawcett Comics stopped creating Captain Marvel. And um, <clears throat> when the trademark ended on the name, Marvel, of course, scooped it up. So they mm-hmm. applied for the, the name. They owned the trademark for Captain Marvel. Fawcett Comics sold the character, Billy Batson, like all that kind of stuff from uh, Captain Marvel to DC. So they could do whatever they wanted with him. They just couldn't call him Captain Marvel. Um, the funny part is like <laughs> Fawcett Comics, in my opinion, got the last laugh because they were able to make Billy sell like crazy way more than Superman. And DC has been struggling, in my opinion, with Billy for like yeah. <laughs> or how long. I mean, Shazam had, just doesn't click the same. He had a, 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 a hit movie, I think, right? Like it wasn't a flop, but it just. I Didn't think like comic, it's not like. I think when you, I think when you looked at it before, and you look at the whole uh, Fawcett comic situation, it's like this was their character, this was their Superman. And once you mm-hmm. in, integrated Billy into DC, he's just like the less powerful Superman now. So it's like, okay, I mean he's got magic sometimes. Well, he's but it's he's like, got magic, right? But it's like he doesn't actually like really do anything with the magic. It just makes him stronger. He uses it in like his little ways to be fast and be Superman like. Mm-hmm. Like And in my in my opinion, the um him saying his his name his name being his like secret word is weird. Having this little boy, I think DC Flashpoint actually did that really well when they had him be Shazam fighting Wonder Woman and then he like turned back into a kid and then she just killed him because <laughs> it's like Oh, you're just a child. <laughs> like, I, think, <laughs> I think like I get what they try and do with the whole that like kid turns into the adult thing, but like I think it's a weird kind of situation that you always have at the end of the day. What is like essentially a ten year old running around with these forty year olds? You're right. So whatever. While he was over there flopping, they took the name <laughs> Captain Marvel back, and um, they. Gave it. They had him with the uh, the original Cree Marvel. Uh, how they uh, launched that character. Um, most people know the original male Captain Marvel. After he died, um, uh, Carol took over the name of Captain Marvel. Now, between that time, of course, after they killed uh, Marvel, they needed to keep the trademark. So they created while they were in the process of creating Monica, they were going to give her a different name, but they needed to keep the trademark for Captain Marvel, so they just named her Captain Marvel. In universe, what happened was after she got her powers, she like the media started calling her Captain Marvel um, because mm. they just saw somebody with flashy powers. Um, She's a Marvel. Now, exactly. Now Monica is from uh, New Orleans. That's mostly where she's like her base of operations. Um, and yes, before y'all start, yes, she is a cop. She mm. is a dis- she is a detective. But with my fave, Flash is his badge. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a problem. Before y'all start, yes, she is a cop. And um, while she was doing, like, detective work, she, like, was exposed to dimensional energy. And that's how she, like, got her powers. Now, personally, when you hear that, do you feel like that's what they're trying to, like, hint at in the MCU? Or do you think that, like, she may have gotten her power somewhere else. Because in the comics, she was just was exploring this extra dimensional energy because it was going to be turned into a weapon. And like she was mm-hmm. being a detective around it. And then like it, there was an accident and that's how she got her powers. 
mm-hmm. you think that that's like the parallel they're pulling from in like WandaVision? Like she was. Oh, she was in like a weird, different kind of energy and it just activated or like that's what it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could see that. But I also I just I don't know if I like it being tied so much to Wanda. That's exactly what I don't want. <laughs> I don't want it to be tied to that lady at yeah. all. Um, I, so I hope that like maybe they were just hinting that they Not that lady. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that they have something that was hinted and already there. And I don't know. Maybe we can still get back to like the more comic accurate that it was just some random accident. That's how she got her yeah. numbers. Um, but anyway, the media started calling her Captain Marvel. Um, the Thing told her that like oh you know marvel actually died but like he probably wouldn't care about you keeping the name like it's cool mm. um so she just on being called captain marvel she joins the avengers um most of her like main villains actually were moonstone and uh blackout blackout is a what mm. is a dark force similar to like dark star um he kind of the same things which i personally feel like are two perfect villains for her which yeah. is Agreed. Moonstone who can phase and like has these like energy blasts and something and a blackout who can she her biggest drawback to her powers is she can't since she is light if you have some kind of opaque darkness she can't like go through it so she's stuck mm. with it, which I it's always interesting to see when you have a character who is this powerful um she does have some weaknesses um because this was this oh, yeah. was in like her she had a solo as Captain Marvel right no Oh, she didn't? <laughs> She's never had a solo before. I feel like, or maybe I'm just thinking of, like, her on a cover and it just says Captain Marvel. I always feel like there's this image of Monica in my head. It's, like, a brown cover. She's, like, kind of flying up and it mm-hmm. just says Captain Marvel above her. So that is just a collection of all of her, like, moments uh, oh. as Captain Marvel. <laughs> as Captain Marvel. <laughs> um, but she herself okay. actually has never had a... Solo run. A solo run as Captain Marvel. No. She just led the Avengers. Yes. She actually never had a solo series. So mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's kind of fix that, Marvel. That's kind of a shame. That she was the first uh, black female Avenger, but she's never, and led the team. She's never had a solo yeah. series. Which, you know, honestly, I feel like. I feel like Monica and just, you know, not to hijack this combo, but I feel like Monica and the Avengers, that relationship has gotten so odd. I feel like we're kind of always mm-hmm. reliving that. Well, she used to lead the team in the 80s and blah, blah, blah. And they tried it again during Mighty Avengers. But even that, I feel like it didn't hit the same because I still felt a little bit more like Luke's team. Mm-hmm. And But I feel like her relationship with the Avengers and like that whole she led the Avengers thing, it doesn't carry that same weight anymore. There have been so many Avengers teams now and so many Avengers leaders. And I think when you look at certain people, they've also kind of surpassed her. I think of Luke Cage, Rogue, Sunspot, Sam. Shout out to the black guys. Um, (laughs) Like there are a lot of the people who you kind of think of as like some of the top Avengers with those top moments now. And Monica, I feel like she's lost her place amongst the team a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's just because she wasn't being used a lot during a lot of that time um, after she led the Avengers, um, she kind of lost her powers for a bit because, you know, yeah. they can never let a girl be powerful for too long before you can... So, <laughs> you know how that goes. You gotta die, you gotta, you gotta, gotta get power. Which one you want? <laughs> so she got depowered. What happened was she used her powers in water. Like, I think she tried to turn into electricity. And when she was in water, like, she ended up, like, 
spreading out all across the water and wasn't really able to like pull herself back together. Um, and when she did finally do that, she was, her body was like beaten down and she lost her powers. Um, she later gained them back when she went out into space and she was with um, Jack of Hearts and Quasar. He like uh, made yeah, this everywhere. team of people. Yeah, right. Um, he does have a lot of stuff with Quasar. I didn't know they were like in space a lot together. Um, but um, yeah, she was out there in space, which I think actually fits her very mm-hmm. well. While she was on this team um, with them, she was actually able to like really do a lot of stuff. Lightning, Living Lightning was out there with them. The two of them actually like are pretty good friends. Um, they were able to like kind of use their powers to the, their full kind of scope. So I think there needs to just be a a space in space for her. Yeah. Um, I guess what like do you see her space being now in space if she needs to have one? So around that time, she was just a part of that like kind of space team. That's kind of where I I see her. I don't see her as ever really coming back to. Oh, you were the leader of the Avengers because kind of like you said, I think. It's time to move past that. Mm-hmm. And not only is it time for her to move past that, the Avengers themselves have already kind of moved past that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that now her relationship with the Avengers should just be like, you know, the that powerful team she used to be on. Or that team she used to be on. Like, if they need her to come around for something or whatever, sure. But, like, that's not her, like, home base. I think she does need to have, like, a kind of a space team. Whether that's the Ultimates, that would be great, obviously. But, like, even that would feel like Blue Marvel's team. Um, so maybe she would just need something more like of her own. Hmm. I would love for her. I would have I would have assumed that they would do the whole MCU synergy thing and make her probably like director of S.W.O.R.D. But yeah. S.W.O.R.D. now is a part of like the X line and the X-Men. So yeah. Really sure do you... I think I could see her kind of like falling in between. You, I'm sure you remember that Captain Marvel run that was written by, I, I, I want to say Fasikas and Butters. It was two women. And it mm-hmm. kind of had her, when she first redid Alpha Flight, and yes. it was like space program, and she was like in there. I could see Monica doing something similar to that, which is yeah. like still different from S.W.O.R.D. in that aspect. But I think with That's exactly her, the kind of role I would give her, is just... I don't know where that exists right now. I was going to say, I guess so with her, I just feel like, do you think, I think a big thing about Monica is that you want to see her use her powers. I feel like that kind of role takes a back seat to that. And mm. I don't know if you'd see her out in the field as much. Then. Right. Yeah. That director kind of person never really goes out there and does the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that, honestly, that's why you should probably just give her a solo and just let her be a solo space hero. You know, that too. she can so, out her, her detective self and still use her powers. Mm-hmm. What would you say, like, are some of your favorite Monica runs? She doesn't really have many. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I would say, like, my favorite Monica appearances have been, like, um, because, again, she doesn't really have any runs because she's never had any. But and when, when I, I say would, runs, I mean, like, stories of books that she's been in. Oh, I really loved her, and um, I know I'm biased to it because it's one of my favorite Marvel events, but her in Operation Galactic Storm was fantastic. Um, while she was over there, she was the one who led the team on the Shi'ar side. The story mm-hmm. of the of the Operation Galactic Storm is the Kree versus Shi'ar, and she was the, the leader of the team who went to the Shi'ar to kind of stop them from causing a bomb, 
granted, she got there and enough time to kind of convince them to stop it. But like, Lalandra was like, whatever, girl, it's already going to happen. <laughs> and yeah. the bomb went off anyway. But um, I really loved her in that. Usually, like, events. I loved her in um, Maximum Security, which was an event where um, all the space kind of people looked at Earth mm-hmm. like the ghetto. And they were like, this is now just a prison planet. Like, yeah. Drop your prisoners off here. <laughs> we don't <even laughs> care about. <laughs> so like, um, all these heroes and stuff were were going about their day, and all of a sudden, a, a random space villain would just appear, and uh, they found out that Earth was being looked at as a prison now for across space. Um, that was really cool. Um, she did have this one moment where she got to race all the other speedsters throughout the Marvel universe, which I thought was mm. cool. Um, but they told her that. She have to. She can only use her powers in her light form. Um, okay. They told her that like you have to at least touch the ground. Like you can't like fly the whole time. You have to touch the ground like every so often, or you'll get disqualified. Um, she ended up not winning. Um, mm-hmm. the, person, the person who won was the Flash. Like there was a random, a random entry who came in who didn't know where he was from, and he looked. Had the exact same just flash like colors, flash. just like the flash, and he won the race. Um, because of course, no one's faster than the flash. Um, Don't you hate yeah, it? Yeah, right. I also really love her in uh, the Ultimates, mm-hmm. mostly the Ultimates too. Um, but I really loved her in in the Ultimates. I like. I think if anything, she should no longer be like a tie to the Avengers like that. She should mm-hmm. have a solo book and like her attached team should be the ultimates okay when it comes to monica because i feel like again we talked about monica is a very powerful character she could sometimes in my opinion veer into almost overpowered a little Mm -hmm. bit i think a really good example of someone toning that down was al ewing during his ultimates he like had her doing stuff with her powers that was extremely powerful but it made sense how she did it and especially the people that she was fighting against do you have a preference of your monica do you kind of like her when she is able to be like her full complete powerful self but still like within have a reason to be that way or i think of something like that avengers no way home which depowered her so she wasn't like the living light anymore she was just blasting and doing some things like that i'm personally a fan of the living light monica um, I find it very interesting for her to be like this energy being and um, her being able to kind of explore what that means for her and her powers and being out there to use them. My favorite moments when you have a, char- a character who is as powerful as she is, is how they use their powers. Because we know that you can like do all this crazy stuff, but I want to know why you did it and like how you how you got there. So like her facing someone like a blackout who has dark force powers she should yeah. be able to use the full gambit of her abilities because she has to. Because yeah. what is she going to do against someone who has powers that oppositely affect her? Or if she's against anyone, I like to see her say, you know, oh, I can't use this energy form. I need to go into the other energy form or something because this will help combat them or something. So any yeah. kind of peek into her decisions on why she did whatever with her powers are way more better. Are better to me than depowering her to just make her like more accessible to someone on a street level. Okay. Who do you want writing Monica? Um, you know, That's I haven't really Kelly thought Thompson. about. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wouldn't give it to Kelly. Um, 
I would honestly probably give it to Stephanie Williams. She's okay. been doing some really cool stuff over at um, DC with Nubia. Mm-hmm. Um, and while and while I may not be like super into Nubia being like super perfect or whatever, I do appreciate the fact that we get to see her making the decisions. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we have uh, talking about on this show, y'all, with Storm, like. Mm-hmm. I felt like Storm was boring until she became the regent. Like, now we get to see her, like, but I want to see her, like, make the regent moves and, like, make those decisions. I think yeah. that, like, um, Stephanie is doing kind of that, those kind of things with Nubia. So I would love mm-hmm. to see that kind of done with, with Monica. Monica. Okay. When you have a character who is that powerful, like, I want to see it inside your head why you're making the decisions you're making. Like, what are you doing? So I, I think that should that. be dope. Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be dope. Um, I mean, she's had some pretty great moments. She was in the uh, Mighty Avengers, which was really fun, um, by Al Ewing. Again, she is has kind of suffered a bit from being, unfortunately, kind of like a joke, because I think people find it kind of funny that she didn't have a code name for a while. Because after yeah. she was Captain Marvel, um, Guinness Bell, who is Marvel's son. He came back and started calling himself Captain Marvel because he was calling himself that after his dad. And um, Monica was like, you know, I feel like I should be called it, but whatever, it's your dad. Like, you have way more of a connection to it than I do. I'll call myself something else. So she went by Photon. And then later, <laughs> when Kenneth Bell, of course, was going through the whole thing of I no longer want to be in my dad's shadow. I want to be in my own character. He changed his name to Photon. And um monica mm. again said i it's fine like you can keep this name i found something that's better for myself and she went by pulsar for a bit um oh, i don't like that i don't really like that one either i personally like spectrum she I started going by that Agreed. in i think 2013 2012 2013 mm-hmm. and um i think that's a perfect name for her it fits her powers it fits her um yeah and, and it separates her from a lot of the other characters the one thing i never really want for her is to always be put back into the shadow of the name captain marvel um Mm. she doesn't have any connection to like the kree or anything like that like Mm. where and i would also hate for her to have to go through the things that like carol kind of has to go through because of her connections to she doesn't have to go through but like her her connections to the name like People are always bringing up Shazam, Captain Marvel, or Marvel to Carol. Like, oh, that's not the original. Like how Captain she's Marvel. not the real Captain Marvel and blah blah blah. Right. Yeah, no, I can't. right. I don't think that that'd be fair to be going that for Monica. Like, oh, because it's gonna be the real Captain- on Monica. She a black, <laughs> she a black woman. Yeah, exactly. And they don't want. I don't want that for her. So I want like, and I personally feel like she can stand on her own. Like, yeah, she could be her own character. And I think like. I think when people be calling her Captain Marvel, I think they just don't like Carol. <laughs> like, because, <laughs> which is fine. Just say that. You don't got to give, like, Monica, like, put her in the shadow of somebody else. Yeah. I don't think she can be her own character. I think she's great by herself. Agree. Yeah. But we'll see what's happening next with her. You know how Marvel is. Like, that MCU Again, the synergy should the synergy should definitely pop in for her, and she should get a little push. I just think it'll be interesting to see where the push actually happens. If it brings mm-hmm. the Ultimates back, I'll also be okay with that. But it well it depends on who's writing. 
Ooh, that's true. I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to do a, a little uh, Ultimates panel or something to talk about that and who we want on the mm-hmm. team because I don't know who I want to write that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, that's just my little spotlight on uh, Monica Rambeau, a.k.a. Spectrum. Um, definitely let me know what you guys think of her, if you're a fan of hers in the comics or the MCU. Um, and let's take a break, and then we'll come right back. Cool. back again for another rewatch and we did our first rewatch of the new year and starting off black history month and it is a certified bona fide absolutely magnanimous classic the one and only catwoman of 2004 <laughs> starring yes. the illustrious Halle Berry queen <laughs> <laughs> um so what first a movie. of all before we even get like fully into the movie let me say, you know, this movie was directed by Pitoff, and he got an all-star cast to come along here, okay? Not only do we have Halle mm-hmm. Berry, but we have Benjamin Bratt, Francis Conroy, Sharon... Uh, Sharon Stone. She's beautiful. Yes. Like, she, she like... We're going to get into Laurel, but she did that. Um, Lambert Wilson, Alex Bornstein. It was just, like, a lot of fun people in this movie. And one thing that I will always appreciate for is that it tried to do something different. So for those who don't know, Catwoman is Selena Kyle. Well, I, I actually hope most people know that. <laughs> but right, right. In, <laughs> do you in think this movie, most people know that? Yeah. I mean, I, just, I don't know. I just feel like people know that Batman is Bruce Wayne, and I feel like you know Bruce Wayne dates Selena Kyle. Mm, or like Catwoman. Yes, Cat, but I, I feel like it's like, you know she's not Catwoman, like, when she's not in her suit. You know right. what I'm saying? It's just like... But do yeah. they know her name is Selena? Yeah, I feel like they do. They should. I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like, I don't know. Let us know. Do you, if, let us know, people out there listening. Like, if you think of Catwoman, do you always think of Selena? Or do you just think Catwoman? I think it's Selena, but whatever. Um, <laughs> in this movie, the, they actually go the complete opposite route. It's not Selena. It's an original character named Patience, named Patience Phillips. Um, and she ends up coming across this, like, very simple <laughs> plot for this company. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> for, this, for, for the beauty company that she works so for. Bad. And, like, she's, like, running through the pipes of this, like, building later on. And they release this water. And she, like, dies. And then after she dies, there was this cat that she found earlier in the movie that was, like, standing up on this. She, she went out on her ledge to go and get mm. this cat off this wall. Almost died and killed herself, nonetheless. But, you know, this cat apparently was testing her. It is a reincarnation of Bast. It gives her second life, and it rebirths her with all these abilities. And we learn later on in the movie that Catwoman is a mantle that has, like, been passed along through time of people who have been, like, blessed by these cats and, like, all this stuff. And I will say, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I think... It was interesting. I love... <laughs> <The> cool mental. <laughs> I love, like, as a Moon Knight fan, I'm, like, a very big fan of the whole Avatar of a God trope. 
So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, something that's you've kind of been given the second life, this goddess with these abilities, like this whole mythological aspect. I love Egyptian culture. You know, I think all of that was like really cool. And I will appreciate this narrative for always attempting something different. Like I will give it that. Okay. Yeah. The execution of that could have been a little bit better. However, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I, I thought was... the, the way that she heard like cat senses and stuff, that, that was kind of cool looking. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. that- that first fight she had when she was uh going when she was like with the bank robbers. Okay, that was a surf, I will say. Like let's <laughs> you know, give her a thing. When I was watching this, her I was like, thing. now this is actually not that bad. Actually, that's when <laughs> I was watching the movie and I was like, you know, um, this is terrible. But then once <laughs> once she became Catwoman and she did that first bank robbery, I was like, wait a minute now. She, she woke up. She, kind of she was jumping back and forth and she was kicking them in the face. She was giving you and it was like Miss it was like Halle Berry is an action star. Okay. Like let's not forget that at the end of the day. Like she is little Miss Kick Ass. She was serving. And I was here and for all of it. it. And it was like, where did she learn these combat skills from? Because, like, Patience right. Phillips didn't know any of that. She was this <laughs> weak little woman. And now I was like, here she is doing the biggest martial arts. But I was like, whatever, I'm going to go with it. Because, like, Halle Berry Heels. Has- in her heels, like specifically in her heels. And you know, let me say that is one thing I will also say about this movie. There was kind of like this underlying tone and theme just about like women in general um, mm-hmm. and finding confidence and like, owning that confidence and like your beauty and like your sexiness and all of that stuff you know one thing about patience phillips is that she's kind of meek and she's seen around the office this quiet girl she's got straggly hair she doesn't really dress you know she meets this guy who like still sees her but like after she kind of becomes Catwoman, we see her chop all of her hair off she's walking a little bit differently yeah, she's got like this little sexy slant she's got mm-hmm. um, and she's just owning stuff more she's more outspoken she's like letting her voice be heard she cusses her boss out which eventually gets her fired but you know everybody's cheering at the end of it because the guy's a jerk. <laughs> but it was like, right. But I was like, y'all not gonna ride with her. <laughs> okay. Like y'all just y'all sitting here clapping like, no. Oh, let's help you clean out your desk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rude. That was a mess. Um, and I think like that is something that kind of carries over into this movie that I think was like really cool. You know, I think that actually relates to a lot of things today. I think of pop star Chloe Bailey. And, like, you know how she's kind of become this, like, young girl who is accepting her body and, like, she's finding more, like, just joy in showing that and, like, finding that confidence within herself. There are a lot of parallels that I think you can really join or, like, grab from this movie. So, shout out mm-hmm. to that. I'd also appreciate the moment when they brought up when um, the woman who was kind of, like, I don't know what you would call her, like, the overseer, I guess, of all the cat history. Um mm-hmm. And she told them how, or uh, Prudence asked, oh, how do you know all this stuff? And she was like, you know, I was a professor for 20 years until I tried to make tenure, but there was all the men who stopped me. And I was like, now see. Okay. <laughs> so I appreciate, I appreciated the um, the very real, like, like feminist moments that they were kind of putting into the movie too, yeah. that I noticed more so now than I did when I first in 2004. <laughs> I mean, I've watched it. I've tried to watch it a couple times after that because, you know, we, we love, love a girl kicking ass. <laughs> we, we love a hot girl. And speaking of high, okay, so when she like fully comes into like Catwoman, she has that first like walkout scene in her new suit and she's got her toes out and they are painted red. Baby. <laughs> like, she ate. I loved it. I, I mean, absolutely that was. Loved let's it. be honest here. The point of that movie was to see Halle Berry as Catwoman. 
Like, yes. In her the plot didn't make no sense. We just really wanted to see you be Catwoman. Like, okay, and so okay, so when we get back to this like beauty brand that she worked for, and it was like this face cream. <laughs> <laughs> That is like giving this woman diamond hard skin. And first of all, Sharon Stone in white diamond hard skin. If that um, movie, if this movie came out today, they'd be like Emma Frost. Yeah. Okay. Emma Frost. <laughs> but like Sharon, Sharon Stone was serving as a villain. Like she was great. That first scene where she appears and they're like announcing how she's no longer the face of the company and it's the new girl and she starts cutting up and like being messy and talking about like oh she can't even go out for drinks. I was like yeah she's having fun with this and. <laughs> And the final fight that her and Hallie have, it's good. I'm sorry. It was not. <laughs> it was everything. That scene where, like, she was laying on the ground and the glass is, like, falling and Hallie's walking over thinking that she's knocked her out and she grabs a piece of glass and stabs her in that leg. Got her. Hallie's Hot. screaming. Hallie's <laughs> screaming. <laughs> the scream. Hallie, and it was like, Hallie's scream afterwards. <laughs> It kills me. I I have to say, like, everybody, if you've noticed me and, like, the things that I'm into, like, I don't really like cringe. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't really like, <laughs> I don't really like corny. <laughs> like, and, um, like, or camp. And camp to me can be very, like, cringy. <laughs> so, like, at least with this time for me, like, the campy moments were just funny now. Like, I think previously when I was younger, I would have been like, ugh, this is too, like, campy. I'm not into it. But, like now it's just <laughs> ridiculous. The club, scene, the club scene where she like, was she around <laughs> with her whip. I loved it. I so, loved it. So like and it's and it's like so and it's like so crazy because it's like no one's looking at this woman in this cat suit and wondering <laughs> what is going on. She's just like she just came out of nowhere. Because it's like we're not at a costume party or anything. No. Like everyone is dressed in their regular clothes, like we drinking, we partying, we dancing. And here's this woman in this like cat mask with a whip. And she's like, and it's not even like she's just swinging it around. She's hitting people with it. Yeah. Like she knocked somebody <laughs> down. <laughs> Ridiculous. Like she knocked somebody down. And it's just like, what's going on? No one thinks this is a problem. But it was like also that fight scene that she had right after with that dude, that was given. No, it was not. Oh my god. I've noticed in this movie a lot of times in the action scenes, they don't ever do like single shots. It's just a bunch of quick bunch takes. Of quick cuts. <laughs> <laughs> and they are just moving. I'm sorry. It was good. It was it was everything. She was kicking ass. You gotta you gotta give it. She was flipping around. It was fun. She was flipping on those little ropes. Um I think that was actually probably my favorite part. No, no, no. That's a lie. My favorite part of the movie was after she went to go and, like, confront the boss, Hedaire, at the ballet. And then she, like, runs to the back and her and Benjamin Bratt's character start having their little fight. First of all, before we got to that ballet, homegirl, the, uh, Sharon Stone, mm-hmm. like, um, Catwoman went to her and was like, I need to find your husband. And he was like, oh, she's not here. <laughs> He's probably out. I was like, girl, you know where he at? You just know he cheating on you? <laughs> She's done this entire movie. That's why she was going on with Drina like that. Every time, like, Drina popped up, it was like, oh, that little hoe. Because she knew what it was. They'd be like, oh, your husband said he's got a business meeting. She's like, I know he's taking Drina somewhere. She saw them get in the car. <laughs> but, like, this, see, this, see, but that's the thing. You know, me and you, we might joke about whole, like, finding our millionaire men. But, like, that is the crux of that. Once you get them, you got to shut up. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. You got to be completely quiet. If you see it, you can't say nothing. Because guess what oh. you won't be getting? Not none of that money no more. Okay. <laughs> okay. You trying to go back to your one-bedroom apartment? Okay. Never. No. Eating cereal in the morning? All day, every day? No. <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. You just gotta be quiet and you gotta deal with it. Maybe, hopefully, you're sneaky enough to get a little something on the side of your on own. On the side. If you were smart, right. that you would. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, Miss Laurel Hader was not. <laughs> <laughs> she was sitting in the house mad and upset, and Catwoman busts in there. And the, that was also the other thing. Like, girl. Catwoman just busting your house. What's up? <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> and then they like she like pushed her off those steps and they like tumble down and fall. And it was like, oh okay. And it was like, <laughs> and then also when you think about it from Catwoman's perspective, it's like, did you not realize that she wasn't hurt by not falling off? Anything <laughs> like that? Like she, her diamond hard skin isn't like affecting you any. Right. <sighs> that was a good scene. They were good together, though. And so when the twist comes around and we find out that Laurel has actually killed her husband and she is actually behind this giant plot and all the things that are going on, you know, her and Catwoman run after each other. They, like, fight. Catwoman <laughs> eventually gets the upper hand and <laughs> knocks her off of this tower that they've been fighting in. And Miss Laurel falls to her death. Oh, my God. The fall. The fall. <laughs> the the. the... <laughs> The oh, obvious, oh. the obvious body, <laughs> the obvious fake body that they dropped from a ceiling is hilarious it is to watch. Flailing. <laughs> it's just flailing like all over the place. There's like no oh rhyme. Like they couldn't even give you like a soundtrack of her screaming or something or like a, a voiceover. It was just like, no, you just see this thing flailing, free falling to the ground. <laughs> and it is like so funny. And then she hits the ground and like poses. There's no splat. She fell from very high. She had diamond hard skin. (laughs) (laughs) Why wasn't there? Okay, well then why wouldn't the like ground break then? I guess her skin was stronger. You've seen like Emma Frost jump off a cliff. Yeah, but when she would when she lands, there would have been like a broken ground. She just, like, landed. <laughs> she looked like she was already on the ground and just fell over. Man. <laughs> like, not that she just fell from, like, I don't know how many stories in the air. It looked like it hurt. <laughs> For sure, it definitely looked like it hurt. But then, you know, we come back. Benjamin Bratt, he tells Halle Berry, you know, get out of here. I'll make sure you're safe. And then we get to the end of the movie and like she's just found this newfound confidence. She once again kind of like stands him up from the day because they were supposed to go on the day before, but she died. So it's like, you know, here we are now. And she's just like, I can't date you. I'm out here doing my thing. And we get like this real nice, sexy, slinky I'm walk. a free woman. I know that's right. She was like, I found my confidence. I got my voice. I am who I am. My toes are out. My mask <laughs> on. I'm Catwoman. Which now when you think about it, I wonder if the previous mantle holders of the Catwoman title, like, did they also become really sexy? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe like, that's just a part of the thing. Like, you just like, also... 
like for your time, like you know, obviously, like that gave her some new personality traits and like you know boosted all of that stuff. But it's like you know, did it do the same for the others? Did they also get these heightened senses of aggression and sexiness? And like, where if you were like the Catwoman of, I don't know, ancient <laughs> Egypt, what was your loincloth looking like? Hey, you probably you know sewed an ankle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stepped out on the girls with your new sandal. <laughs> I need it. I need it. You know, I will also say, despite the craziness of this movie, I love that Halle Berry also kind of looks at it and laughs. Like you, I don't know if you've seen like her Twitter or anything like that, but oh, I follow her. She's great. Fantastic <laughs> online. She's fantastic I love it. on Twitter. Yeah. You know, uh, but she makes a lot of emphasis to this movie and like, you know, she jokes about like she knows it was bad and she knows it has its problems and like how people say they love it now. She'll be like, where were you back then? And it's like, we were too young. <laughs> right. I couldn't defend you then, girl. I was like 13. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I'm glad that we can also all kind of look back on this movie and appreciate the ridiculousness of it and just laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really have to take it as like, it is what it is. It's a fun new, it's a new character. I think people are, may have walked in expecting Selena. I think at the time I know I was, um, but you really have to look at this as just a whole, it's his own separate kind of project. Um, and it's also, it's DC also kind of like, always does that. So, yeah. <laughs> it's the multiverse. You know, DC excels in the multiverse, which is like crazy that they let Marvel beat them to it. Ain't that well? Child. Which also, it's like you could bring, you could bring Miss Patience Phillips back for a little movie if you want to. <laughs> Tap into it, like let her do her thing and kind of give give Hallie a chance to redeem herself in the role. Because again, like also, I think like it's dope that this was like a black led superhero film by a black woman. It really was, yeah. Like, you know what? Get us, give her that. They like bank that off of her. Like, go <laughs> yeah. off, girl. You're famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So it's. Nah, they should do it for Zoe too. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, Ooh maybe like a team up movie with the both of them. Mm-hmm. They get the multiverse in there. That would be, <laughs> that would be cute. That's how. Do you think that they should do something like that in the comics, like bringing this version of a Catwoman in? So or like, I, I, it's messy. I go back and forth with that because like. Yes, I do think that, again, I think that whole lore and the, like, it's tying it to Egyptian myth and, like, bass and all that stuff, I think that's very cool. However, I think who Catwoman is in the comics, introducing that, like, creates just an entirely new character that you should just, like, make it something on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Catwoman in the comics is Selena Kyle. Mm-hmm. I think once you kind of go into, like, the Egyptian territory and all that stuff and the added powers and being the avatar of a god. Like, that's not Selena Kyle. That's not the Catwoman that we know or are familiar with. I think mm-hmm. just give it a new name and make it a new character. Yeah. But I, I would like to see. That'd be cool. Probably can't, can't name a Catwoman, but name her something. She could be... I don't know. Cat's Eye. I think that's a Marvel character, actually. She's a Hellion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they can come with something. Things be overlapping. It's fine. <laughs> it's plenty of like, it's like eight Captain Americas. It's Captain 20 Catwoman. Captain Marvels across most of them. <laughs> Truly, yeah. So. They probably don't want to do that because Selena might end up getting outshined. That would never happen. <laughs> you don't think Miss Prudence would end up taking her spot? No. From Selena Kyle? 
Patience. I don't know why I want you on a prudence. So I heard when you said prudence one time before, and I was like, "What's he talking about?" <laughs> but I was like, I'm pretty sure he means patience. But I was like, I'm just gonna let it ride. It's fine. I was like, I know you're I, I don't know why I keep thinking of prudence. I think that just makes me think of like it was like the hair. Like the hair was very like scraggly. She wore those like big sweaters. They wanted you to feel like she was like. But it's like also like awkward because it's like I'm still looking at Holly Berry. Right. It's like, I know she bad. And but then when she cut that hair off, that wasn't a good shortcut for her. <laughs> They you like that? Up a little bit. Like it, it, it very much gave. Oh, I did this myself with a pair of scissors. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a little swoop bang pixie cut. Oh, that was not. That I was, think a, it was it, a product it, of. <laughs> it was crazy because like when she walks into uh, Alice Borstein's character, she's like, "Oh, look at your hair. It looks so good." I was like, "Ugh." <laughs> it was that was the product of the time. I think all the girls had that back there. And it wasn't good then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you what would you rate this movie? What would you what would you have given it back then? What would you give it now? <clears throat> Out of five? Yes. Back then I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, back then I would have given it a one. Problem I'm okay. yeah, maybe a zero, but I would have like given it that. Now I'll give it like a two point five. Okay. Because, like, I can, again, I can find the humor in it. I can see the campiness in it. I can get the vibe of what they're going for. Again, I've said it, I really do think the lore thing was cool. I think there are, like, some underlying things about just, like, women and feminism and all of that that are in there that you can still kind of pull from. I think there were a lot of scenes that highly seemed like she was having a good time in. And, like, mm-hmm. that's cool. Her and Benjamin Bratt are hot. So I feel like, you know, they had, like, decent enough chemistry. Uh, but the movie itself, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just thought about her getting stabbed in the leg with that. With that <laughs> oh my god, her scream was truly ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like when I tell you, I went back and I watched that scene like four more times because it's like so funny. If you guys follow us on another relaunch, I actually uh, posted a clip of that specific scene when she stabs her in the leg. You can go back there and look to find the Twitter thread where we yes. just and just laugh. It's like <laughs> it's great. Just laugh. And yes. it's like it's like and it's scream because she screams twice. It's like this first scream, and then they show it from a different angle of just her doing the exact same scream. It's just like what? <laughs> it's truly ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I would back then I would have given it a a zero. There was no there was nothing. <laughs> it was no leaning towards a one. It was a straight up zero. But now I would give it like a one point five, maybe. A two if I was extra stoned. <laughs> but like I could at least laugh at it now and like find some some humor and some good qualities in it. Like I said, that diamond fight scene was hot. The diamond she fight was, was hot. She, like that is truly the highlight of the she movie. Was giving like, it, yes. If there's nothing else, like we could take everything away from this movie, but I will not take that. I will give it no. that. She's got okay? that one for sure. She, and like and like the dialogue was hot. She was like, ooh, it's going perfect. And then she like and she, she was tapping you- into her like um um, what's my home? Eartha Kit? I was like, oh, I'm yes. feeling it. <laughs> feeling it, and then she gives you a meow while she's fighting. It's like, yes. this is Catwoman. Like, this is what I came to see. This mm-hmm. is what, this is it. This is it. 
That's what I hope the rest of the movie could have been. (laughs) (laughs) They should have just did that, just did that for the rest of the movie, but they chose not to. Mm. You know, could have even given her a final level up costume at the end. I guess that's where superhero movies are now. Yeah. You're thinking. Did you know this was supposed to be the thing that kind of like jump started the DC universe? It was between this, this it was between this and Green Lantern. Mm, but crazy. they both they both flopped. <laughs> <laughs> and there was gonna be a Justice League movie, I think, also with like Common was gonna be Green Lantern. I do I do remember that because I remember I think like Tom Cruise. I mean not Tom Cruise. Uh Nick Nicholas Cage. Yes. Gonna be it. it was Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they I scrapped remember. all that. What a time. Sounds like it was for the best. Somebody, whoever was in charge at that time really did not seem to have the best vision. No. I mean, they still don't, but... They still kind of don't, but... (laughs) We'll hopefully get better. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Please make sure you rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate all the love. Um, You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can email us any questions or stuff you want to talk about at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lights, and there's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all, let's get up out here, and we'll catch you next week. Peace.